Welcome to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app for both iOS and Android devices by searching for The Church at Bushland. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know by emailing us at media at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. Thank you, worship team. Boy, we are blessed. Woo! We are blessed. Mm. That's good stuff. If you're trying to figure out what the meaning and the definition of good stuff is, we just did it, all right? That is good stuff. And you know, I've been a lot of places in my life in some really cool places, but I have come to the point in my life where the best place in the world to be is in the presence of the Lord. You can't beat the house of the Lord, man. You just can't beat it. And so I'm grateful that you agree and are here today, all right? And I'm grateful for you who are joining us online. And we, from our church, from my heart to you, we love you and thank you for joining us online. It means a lot to us. So I'm in a series, uh, kind of call it a short series, about five weeks. Uh, I can go longer, trust me, but uh, this is about five weeks. I've entitled the whole series, Everything in Love. Everything in Love. Because I'm gonna tell you right now, if you haven't looked around the last 12 months, what this place really needs besides Jesus is love, and he is love. We gotta love people, man. There's, some, there's a lot going on, but love covers over a multitude of sin, all right? And we gotta learn. We gotta learn to love each other. We gotta be love. And uh, we're gonna talk about that. We've been talking about it. So today, uh, the message is entitled Accept One Another. So I want you to go to your text, uh, John chapter 13. Uh, if you join us online, grab that word wherever you are. John 13's kind of been the series text, the text for the series. Uh, everything's kind of built around that. But I want you to follow with me as I read John 13, verses 34, 35. This is Jesus speaking. He says, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this... All men will know that you're my disciple, my follower, if you love one another. See, if you, if you wanna identify with Jesus and you say you are a follower of Christ, the greatest thing you can do is love. Because he said, by this, by this, they will know that you're with me. Because I'm love, and if you love they'll know you've been with me. He said, well, I know, I know 27 scriptures, preacher. I know they want to know that. I can give them that. They're like, I don't care about you, scripture. They want you to love them. Then after you love them, they say, hey, tell me about them 27 scriptures. They don't want your knowledge first. They want your love first. You'll love them. They'll stick around long enough for you to impress them with all your knowledge. If you don't love them, they're gone. You gotta love, gotta love. Romans 15, seven, today's text. This is New King James Version. It says, therefore, receive one another, just as Christ also received to the glory of God. In the NIV, Romans 15, seven says it this way. Accept 
one another. Then, just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. Now, I want you to see that. If I accept others, when I do that, I bring praise to God. You say, well, Pastor, I, I thought praise to God is when Paxson asked us to worship and lift our hands and all that stuff. That is worship, all right? That is praise, all right? That's from an overflow of our heart. But what God is saying is this. Before you ever do that, if you will accept people, you bring the same amount of praise to me. Because when you accept people, it says to them, they're noticed and accepted, and they receive that by the fact that God notices them and accepts them. Our job as the church is to love and accept people. I want you to see what else it says here. Accept one another, then, just as what? Christ accepted you. I want to pause for a second. I'm looking at some people, and I've been where you are. You said, I, I don't accept, I can't accept his love right now because of what I did in my life. Jeff, you don't understand. I did this. I did this. I said this. I was here. I'm ugly. I'm dirty. I'm shameful. I'm not pretty to look at. I don't like what I did. I'm mad about what I did. I made a selfish choice. It hurt a lot of people. There's a lot of scars. There's a lot of residue. There's a lot of junk. And I'm having a real hard time accepting me. Can I, can I help you do something for me? I want you to understand how much God loves you. He says, come to me. I don't see your ugly. I don't see your mistake. I don't see your bad choice. I don't see what you did. I see my child who is hurting, and I want to hug you because I love you. Listen, David found himself there in Psalm 51. He said this, God, to you and you alone have I sinned. To you and you alone have I sinned. God, I need you to cleanse me with hyssop. I need you to cleanse me and wash me and make me new and whole again. I wanna be able to stand in your presence and receive your love because I'm having a hard time with that because I think I'm ugly, nasty, and stinky. And I think that's how you see me. And God is saying, child, that's not how I see you. That's not how I see you. The crimson blood of Jesus at Calvary is still wet today, my friend. And it didn't drop over you at salvation and make you whole. It, it drops over you every day and covers your sin. So if you're sitting here today and say, Jeff, listen to me. I, I'm okay accepting other people, but I can't accept me because I, I don't accept his love. I think he looks at me and says, I'm so disappointed in you. I'm so disappointed in you. Can I tell you something? There's no condemnation with God. God's never going to say these words to you. I'm so disappointed in you. He's going to say, I love you. I love you. I forgive you. I forgive you. Come to me. 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 Because you can't carry this stuff, man. If you're ever going to accept others, you must accept his love first. He accepted you when you were ugly, nasty, and, and, and unlovable. You can accept those people 
the same way if you understand that you've been accepted that way. See, we accept because we've first been accepted. If you haven't first been accepted, <laughs> you're gonna have a hard time accepting. And as Paxton said, if you've gotten over <laughs> being accepted, you might wanna revisit that. Because if you think you were always as good as you think you are right now, <laughs> you're not and you were not, okay? <laughs> he sees all of that and all that you still are that you ignore. And he still loves you. Don't forget that. So there's two people in the camp today. There's two people online. Those who need to accept others, but those who need to accept God's love to them. So I wanna look at five things real fast about acceptance. Number one, I will accept you and love you because you're God's creation. I will accept you and I will love you because you're God's creation. I kind of talked about it a little bit last week. I, I, I will greet you because you're God's creation. Acknowledging, greeting you is acknowledging you're God's creation. Listen to me. Every one of us, according to Genesis 127, is made in the image of God. Every one of us. You're like, Pastor, I'm gonna tell you, I was on Sauncy Wednesday, and there's a dude driving. He could not have come from God. He came from God. He did. He's about to go see God if he doesn't change the way he drives on Sansi. But he came from God. Amen. Listen to me. You see them. They're out there. You're like, yeah, I'm going to have to question Genesis 127 on this one. Don't do it. Because you were as jacked up as they are, if not more. And God said, I love you. I made you. I not only made you, but I want relationship with you. And because of that, I'm gonna send my son Jesus down a cross to take your place. Because by him taking the cross, you don't have to take the cross. And by him dying, you don't have to die. And he resurrected, and one day you'll resurrect. Why? Because Jesus says, my father loves you so much that he sent me to die for you to take your place so that we could have relationship with you. See, God knows my name and I know his name. I know his voice and he knows my voice. Not because there's anything special about me, because there's not. The reason he knows my name is he made me. And the reason I have relationships because Jesus died and took my place. He not only wanted to create me, but he wanted a relationship with me. Some of you in here do not have that relationship with Jesus. I'm gonna tell you something. The greatest relationship you can have on the face of the earth is with Jesus. And he'll make all the other relationships great. But if your relationship with Jesus is messed up, this relationship with other people are gonna be messed up. And you notice the shape of this makes a cross, right? That wasn't my idea. That was his idea. So the minute you figure out the fact that you gotta be right here in order to be right here, the better off you're gonna be. If you're trying to be right here without being right here, good luck. You're gonna wear yourself out. You're gonna be the little hamster on the wheel. You ask him why he's running. He don't know, but he's about to die of a heart attack because he ain't going anywhere. He's just running and running and running and running and running, gone. That's so sad, he died. He died because he wasn't going nowhere. You gonna do this right here without this? You ain't going nowhere. I accept you. I accept you because you're God's creation. Can you accept people for who they are 
just like they are. Because why? They're God's creation. Every person you see has value. Every person. There's not a person that God did not make that doesn't have value. You wanna know why abortion is important? Why abortion is bad? Why abortion is not of God? Because every life has value. And it is not our call to make it. It's his call. That's why you fight for it. Listen to me. Some of you think, you know, the smallest thing on my body is my pinky. It doesn't do much at all. It has no purpose on my life until I kick the bed. And I'm telling you right now, I speak Chinese. Because, man, it hurts. And that little pinky that you just kicked on the bed hurts all the way up to the top of your head. So let me tell you something. In the church, there is no, nobody that has little value. Everybody has value. And when they hurt, we hurt. And when they cry, we cry. And when they rejoice, we rejoice. Jesus says, not one of my kids comes to me without heaven celebrating. No, nobody is nobody. Nobody God created is without value. They're all valuable. So I will accept people because they are creation of God. Number two, I will acknowledge, now watch these words, I will acknowledge, I will affirm, and I will delight (laughs) in the fact that you are unique. Now listen to me. I might acknowledge you're unique. I might even affirm your uniqueness, weirdness, all right? But I don't know that I can delight in it. It's like, woohoo, you're weird. <laughs> That's hard. People are unique, man. They are unique. If you're married, mm-hmm, is your spouse not unique? You may not always use the word unique, but you need to learn to use the word unique. It sounds better than weird, okay? All right? Honey, you weird. <laughs> I know I'm weird. Listen, my wife does little things. Mm-hmm. Jeff does little things. My wife goes, oh, he's so weird. I do. She's so weird. All right? But listen to me. It's beautiful. Can you not acknowledge it? Can you not affirm it? But can you not celebrate the uniqueness of people? Listen to me. If everybody in this world was just like you, boring, okay? Now, you might think you're pretty special, but if everybody was just like you, you'd get bored pretty quick. I love the fact that there's uniqueness. You can look next to you and go, yeah, you're unique. Yeah, you're unique too, all right? Every one of us are unique, but the uniqueness brings praise and glory to the Father, Because God is a unique God, and God is a creator, my friend. No snowflake the same, no people the same. Uniqueness. Why? To celebrate the Father. God the creator is the one who creates the landscape. The uniqueness of people should be celebrated. I can acknowledge it sometimes, and I might be able to affirm it, but the question is, can I delight in it? Can I delight in it? When you delight in it, you basically have Psalm 139 come alive. God, you knit me together. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. 
and all your days have been ordained. God knit you in your mother's womb. Every little thing about you is special and unique. If you've got more than two children in your household, they're unique. I have a son and a daughter, same mom and same daddy. They're both so, so, so very unique. If you've got twins, been blessed with twins, you could call them identical twins, but I'm gonna tell you right now, they're different. They're unique. Why? Because God is a unique creator when he makes people. Celebrate people's uniqueness because it's celebrating God, amen? Celebrate it. Don't nitpick at the death. Don't try to make everybody you. I mean, I know you're good, but you're not that good, and we don't need one more person like you, all right? Celebrate their uniqueness and let them be them. When you do that, you accept them. You accept their uniqueness, okay? Number three, I will receive you and love you even though you look different than me. I will receive you. I will accept you. I will love you even though you look different than me. 1 Samuel 16, 7 says this, the Lord does not look at the things man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. How about you? What do you look at? I'm gonna tell you, man, this world programs us to look at the outward. But the more you sit with the Father, he will program you to look at the heart. The world throws out the first appearance stuff. But can you look deep enough to see people's hearts? See, God sees potential before we ever see it. God saw it in me before I ever saw it in me. God sees it in you before you ever see it in yourself. God saw it in David before anybody else saw it in him. God looks at the heart of people, not the outward appearance of people, okay? You might say, Pastor, it is tough right now in this world to love people. Can I get an amen? It is really difficult right now to love people. There is some messed up, jacked up, muffed up stuff going on out there, okay? It is hard to love people today. But listen to me. As a child of God filled with the Holy Spirit of God, when we say, God, I need your help to love these people because I can't do it. He says, it is about time because I can. And as soon as we give up the fight and say, God, love them through me, then he loves them through me. See, we're, we, we, if they don't walk like us, talk like us, think like us, chew like us, dress like us, smell like us, all this stuff, we can't, we can't love them because we're really good at loving people just like us and we're very difficult loving people not like us. Sometimes, my friend, we need to go to the car wash. Sometimes my black truck doesn't look black. It looks nasty. I go through a car wash on the other side. It looks pretty good. Sometimes I need to take my eyeballs to a car wash called the Holy Spirit of God and let him bathe it. Because when I stand too long outside the car wash with my eyeballs, I look at people the way I want to look at them and through my eyes. And I start looking at outward appearance. I start looking at skin color. I start looking at other things. And they're not of God. And God, I need the Holy Spirit to wash my eyes so I see people like you see people. I want to see people the way you saw me. I need to see people the way you see people. How long has it been since you let the Holy Spirit of God do a car wash on your eyeballs? 
Some of our eyes are jacked up and messed up. He said, man, it's tough to love people out there. Yes, it is. I would agree. But scripture tells us in John, 1 John 4, 4, but greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. He called the church to be in the world but not of the world. So our job is to be out amongst the world but different. Listen to me. The church can't run and hide behind the walls. Today the church must advance and go love a world that is denying the creation of God himself. You gotta take that love to them. And the only way you can do that is if you deny who you are and understand that you're loved unconditionally by God and you take that love and you love people unconditional for them. You can't look at their outward appearance, man. You gotta look at them. You gotta look inside of them. He looked inside of us and saw what we're worth. He says, you have worth, you have value, and I'll die for you. You gotta look at other people the same way. Let me go over a couple of things right here because I think it's very important because one of the things, a trap that the world is kind of weaved or woven for us right now as a church is when you accept people and when you love people, you say certain things. That's not true. That's not true at all. Here's a couple things that I want you to see. When I accept or when I love people, I am not saying I agree with you. See, that's, that's a trap there. That if you accept them, and you love them, that you agree with them. It's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, I'll accept you, and I love you, because I've been accepted, and I'm loved. Listen, if you think for a minute, when you came to Christ, just like you were when you were born again, when you were born again, that when the minute you came to Jesus, just like you came to Jesus, Jesus agreed with everything you were. No, but he didn't tell you, you know, I would, I would give you, I would, I would make you new. I would give you eternal life. I would save you. I would make you new, but whoo, I, I don't agree with you. So go get right and come back. Can't get right without him. So here's the deal. If we push him away, they get pushed away by him. Don't push him away because when you push him away, it feels like he pushed him away. You say, I love you and accept you, but it's not saying I agree with you. I love and accept you, but I'm not saying I think you're right. I'm not saying that. I don't think you're right, but I love and accept you. See, some people say, well, I can't love and accept them because I don't agree with what they do. It's not what that means. I'm not asking you to stamp what they do and what they believe. What I want you to stamp is they're God's creation, they're unique. You look at their heart and who they are inside and you accept them because you've been accepted. If you can do that, then that's love. You're not saying, I support you. You're not saying, I approve of you. None of those things, I agree with you, I think you're right, I support you, I approve of you. You're not saying any of those things when you say I accept you and when I love you. You say, well, Jeff, eventually you gotta know the truth. Okay, but here's the deal. God is love, no doubt about it. But God is also truth. 
You cannot go truth without love. Jesus loved them, then he spoke truth into them. He loved the woman at the well, met her right where she is, amen? Then later in the same text, he said, I want you to go tell your husband. I don't have a husband. I've had five husbands, and the man I'm living with today is not my husband. Uh-oh. See, he did not first say, I'm sorry you're at the well to draw water because you have five husbands in your shacked up playing house with another guy, and I can't let you stand in my presence, so get out of here. He could have said that because he's Jesus, but he loved her. He met her right there. What she was trying to avoid at the well at that time of the day, she met what she really needed, and that was Jesus. Jesus loved her, and then he spoke truth into her. Many of you work with people and alongside people and around people all the time. If you will love them first, then you can speak truth into their life. But if you come with truth first and love second, they're never gonna be around to feel your love because they're gonna jet. The church must deliver love and truth. Why? Because the church must look like God and God is both. God's both. You can't separate him. You say, well, we, we just need to love. Okay. We just need to love. Okay. We just need to love. Okay. Can we do something besides love? We need to speak truth. Love is one thing. Truth brings change. And what the world needs is change. What people need is change. What the woman at the well needed was not what love. She needed love, but she needed change. Gotta love them first. He's both. Number four, I will be particularly sensitive to accept you when you enter a new environment. Now listen to me. We're sitting in a church. I'm gonna tell you right now, if we started getting testimonies of everybody in the church from what church you used to be at or what religion you came from, they would be all over the map. We would have Baptist, and you walk in here and you're like, Pastor, this ain't no Baptist church. Nope. They'd be Methodist. They'd be Church of Christ. They'd be Pentecostal. They'd be a Episcopal. They would be Catholic. They would be all over the map. There would be people from this church. No church. I, I never went to church. There would be people from all kind of different backgrounds. Can you imagine walking into this place for the very first time from one of those religions? Kind of overwhelming, isn't it? Take your breath away. I was showing a guy the worship center one time. I was talking to him. We were walking through the worship center. I'm just talking, 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 thinking he's right there. He's not right there. He's behind me. He's staring up here. And I said, what are you looking for? He said, where's the choir loft? I said, well, we don't have no choir loft. There's no choir loft here. Never saw him again. Never saw him again. All right. He came from a, a background in church where there was a choir loft. He was going to go to a church that had a choir loft. We didn't have a church. We didn't have a choir loft. He was gone. Can you imagine walking into a church for the very first time and it's a different church than you've ever grew up in? It, it can scare you to death. People have told me before, the scariest place to walk into the first time is church. Why? Why? What if you were a person 
that you got hurt deeply at a church. I mean deeply. You looked up to a particular person on the staff and they let you down. They disappointed you. You got involved in a church and you got hurt by the church. The church failed you in your eyes. And you said, I'm never gonna go back into a church again. Right? But God over the years tugged at your heart and you said, okay, I'll try one more time. And you watch us online for a while and you go, nah, that church looks pretty safe. Maybe I'll walk in. And you walk into those double doors for the very first time. Is that not the scariest thing in the world? Let's just be honest. A gentleman after the service last week told me a story. He was in the mountains skiing with his family and it began to snow, which is not uncommon in the mountains. Then it began to snow and then it began to snow. And so they left. They tried to get home or back to the cabin. He said, I couldn't see Jeff, nothing. I couldn't tell the road from the road. I couldn't see anything. And I just saw these little lights down here on the side. I barely could see these lights and they were blinking. And I didn't even know what it was, but I pulled down there and I parked and it said something about a bar, all right, or a lounge. And he's like, oh boy. But he, wanted, he had to go somewhere. So he walks up to the door and he opens it and here's what he hears the minute the door opens. Come on in. Come on in. And he's like, what in the world? And he walked in. I wonder sometimes, why in the world does the bar do it better than the church? If you were to walk in those double doors and you're scared to death, intimidated by church, been hurt in church, confused by church, and you walked in those doors, and the minute you walked in those doors, you heard this, come on in, come on in. Would that not feel stinking good? Some of the introverts are like, are you kidding me? That's scaring me to death. I'd run back to my car, all right? But that'd feel good, man. Why, why, why should the world beat us? Why should the world do it better? The church must accept them, man. Man, I'm glad you're here. Come on in. I got a seat right here, boy. We're like, is these seats taken? We slide our Bible over. Yeah, they are. Please don't use the Bible to reserve a seat from a stranger. That's just wrong, man. It's like, sorry, God's sitting here and you're not welcome. What? Don't slide your Bible over to a seat, keep a person away, and then go, we're such a welcoming church. We're so friendly. You should come to our church. Like, no, I came to your church. I tried to sit by you. You slid the Bible over and said, seat taken. Ain't going back. Man, new environments scare you to death, man. Churches can be scary, man. Why not when people walk into our house, man? Come on in. Come on in. Come sit with us. Come on over, I got room. Scoot over, I sit by you every Sunday. All right? Sit him right by you. You're like, I just got my feelings hurt. He won't let me sit with you. Y'all sit together for 27 years. Take a break for one Sunday. Lord, help, might do you good, amen? I mean, welcome them. 
New environments are scary, man. Many of you have been to a church before. It's scary walking in a church very first time. I'm a pastor. I walk into new churches and I'm, it's kind of, it's kind of weird too. I don't sit in the ch- church. So the hardest thing for me to do is find a place to sit. I'm like, I ain't ever sit out here. <laughs> it's weird. I don't know where to sit, all right? Can't sit up here. It's not my church, you know? New environments scare you. How welcoming and how accepting are you? Come on in, man. Number five, I will accept you for who you are and not keep trying to change you. That's not a good time to bump your spouse and say, told you. It's not a good time to send messages like that. I will accept you. I will love you, but I won't keep trying to change you. If I accept them for who they are, Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, will change them in his time. My job is just to accept them and to love them. My job is not to change them. The Holy Spirit is not tired and it does not need my help. The Holy Spirit changes people, not you. John 13, 20 says this. I tell you the truth, whoever accepts anyone I accept, I sin accepts me. And whoever accepts me accepts the one who sent me. Woo! That'll change the way you accept. So if I accept you in return, basically what I'm doing is I'm accepting him. But if I reject you, mm, then I'm rejecting Jesus and the Father who sent Jesus. I don't want those tennis shoes on. See, my job is to accept you. We entertain angels. We just don't know it. We just don't know it. How accepting are you? How loving are you? Not just in church, in your neighborhood, on your ball team with your kids, in your office. Don't let everybody around you look like you, smell like you, act like you, think like you. All right? Be accepting. Accept people. I've used this before, but I love it. Be fishers of men. You catch them, he'll clean them. Amen. Be fishers of men. We're called to be fishers of men. Our job's what? Catch them. His job is what? Clean them. All right. Romans 15, 7 says this. Accept one another. Because I accepted you, you need to accept one another. Right? I go back again where I started. There's two camps in the house. Two camps online. One camp is struggling with being accepted by the Father because all you do is remind God of what you did and who you are. Can I tell you something? You need to let that go. He is open arms inviting you to come and sit with him. I don't see your sin, child. I don't see what you said. I don't see what you did. I know you did that. Own it, own it, own it, and let me cover it. Let me restore the joy of your salvation. And there's some in this room and online. You're not there, but where you are, 
you're having a hard time accepting people. You need to accept them. You're not agreeing with them. You're not saying they're right. You're not saying you support them. You're not saying that, that I'm on your team. You're saying, I love you. I accept you. Church, may it be said of us when they walk in that door, come on in, come on in. Because if they have the guts to walk into the church, into the light, may the church and the light never push them away. Don't let the world do it better than us. It's not the way it's designed. So today, I'm gonna invite you to stay in church as we move into a time of worship and invitation. I don't wanna remind you of two things. If you join us online, the same. What's in your life that you're having a hard time with accepting God? What are you holding? What are you carrying? And what are you reminding God of? What are you justifying God with? Why don't you just let it go and let God love you? Because when you let it go and you let God love you, then he will send you out with the love that it takes to love others. He's crazy about you. Everything about you. Right where you're at, the choice you made, decision you made, what you did, everything, just like David. Own it like David. Be covered by the blood like David. Let him restore the joy and go accept people and return the favor and thank you. Church, this is your time. Wherever you were with the Holy Spirit today, wherever he spoke, I pray you say yes to him. Online, I pray you say yes to God. Right where the Holy Spirit's speaking. Let me pray for us. Father, we love you. You're good. You're just good. You're just good. You're just good. You're just good. You're good to your kids. We're rich. We're rich because our daddy. We've got so much. And God, I pray right now, if there's anybody, sound of my voice in the house, sound of my voice online, that's saying, I'm ugly. I'm nasty. I'm no good. He can't accept me. I, that's a lie from the enemy. Hear Jesus say, I love you and accept you. And come to him. Come to him. Let him wash you and make you whole. And church, don't let the world beat us. Come on in, man. Accept people. God, help me to accept people because I've been accepted. Holy Spirit, now, you've spoken. Holy Spirit, now move us in obedience for we will be blessed. We say yes to you as we worship together. In Christ's name, amen. You come, church, if you need to. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the church at Bushland. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on Facebook and Instagram, by using the church at Bushland, and on Twitter by using at TCA Bushland.